And welcome to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley with the man whose name is right here, Nate Taylor, at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. Chiefs fall to the Buffalo Bills, 38 to 20. Nate, we set this up last mm-hmm. week. We're either going to be talking uh, up the Chiefs this week or keeping people from falling off the ledge. <laughs> Seems that uh, we're doing the latter here now. Yeah, we're doing the latter, Jay. It's okay if you want to panic, sir. Ma'am, it's okay. The Chiefs are two and three. Uh, when the schedule came out, Jay, I don't think any of us predicted this, but no one anticipated the Chiefs' defense being this bad. And you have to give credit to the other teams in the AFC, right? Teams are more competitive now against the Kansas City Chiefs. Teams are no longer <laughs> mentally afraid. Uh, the Chiefs used to be inside teams' heads, and you could see it on the field. The Tiger Woods on Sunday effect. Yes, sir. Patrick Mahomes has the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, Other team doesn't like that. Now we're seeing Patrick Mahomes with the ball in the fourth quarter, and more times than not this year, the Chiefs have been trailing in those situations. So um, the Bills right now appear to be the best team in the AFC. Uh, They came into – Arrowhead and laid a beat down as I wrote in the athletic. So good choice of words. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's the correct, it's the correct, I mean, it's the correct assessment because the Chiefs are not playing up to expectation and the Buffalo Bills are not afraid of them. And as I wrote in the athletic, a team that was bullying this contender, this team that was upstart and had a young quarterback and a you know, apprenticeship head coach coming off the Andy Reid tree and Sean McDormand. Now they're now they're the bully. They came into your house and they bullied you around. Um, and the AFC, in my opinion, Jay is wide open because the Chiefs are not a team that is playing up to expectation. They are not as good as we were led to believe when the season began. And who is afraid of this team if they see them in January? If the Chiefs make the playoffs, if the Chiefs win the division, uh, I don't think the Bills are going to be afraid of them. The Chargers have already beaten them. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who will play in a few minutes against the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football, they've gotten over the hump against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So the Chiefs are going to have to do it the hard way now because they don't have the psychological advantage and they don't have the advantage when it comes to the tiebreakers if that is – part of the playoff picture in December. Well, this first five weeks of the season when the schedule came out on May 12th, you look at it, you think, all right, there's the Browns. I can see them as a contender, a playoff team that won on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the Ravens. You know, they, they can't beat Patrick Mahomes 0-3. They call them the kryptonite. Okay, so Lamar got his win. Yep. Then Justin Herbert got his win. Mm-hmm. And now Josh Allen has his win. Yes, Baker sir. Mayfield's still waiting for his because he didn't get his yet. But the young quarterbacks are starting to get this. And I feel this way, Nate, and we'll get into the injuries for the Chiefs here in just a second. But I've always felt it like the Chiefs, when they won the Super Bowl, they were the hunter. Yes. Meaning they were coming after the Patriots. They were going after trying to prove themselves. Correct. Chip on the shoulder. Everybody's doubting us. They thrive on doubt. I feel they always have. Then all of a sudden, you hear how good you are. And then all of a sudden, you're the Vegas favorite. Mm -hmm. And now you're the hunted. Meaning you're getting everything thrown at you. Every kind of defense. All the Wink Martindales of the world or defensive coordinators are coming trying to figure out how to cover the Chiefs. Yes. They're seeing everything, which only makes them stronger when you see everything. I feel they've turned back into the hunter. Because now the Bills, after last night, they sit atop that throne. 
the Chiefs can now, when they grab it, a hold of it, have that that mantra, they got to work on this defense. We'll get into that in just a second. But that mentality shift of from hunted to hunter, because I think the Chiefs thrived in that role more than they did the hunted. And the NFL schedule makers did a wonderful job, right? I mean, the whole point of this season is, okay, who are the teams that you should care about, the teams that have true expectations as we get closer to the games that actually matter, which is obviously the postseason and who will make the Super Bowl. So the NFL did its best job to put its best possible teams, one in the division, and then obviously the other teams that are trying to chase down the Chiefs, in the first five weeks. Yeah. Uh, I thought this team would be 4-1 and one today. They are not. They are 2-3. and three. And so to your point, Jay, I thought Tyron Matthews said the most honest thing after the game on Sunday, which was acknowledging, and this is his quote, every team we play wants to beat us, and they want to beat us bad. And that is exactly what the Buffalo Bills wanted to do. Uh, there was a lot of trash talk. It was a physical game. They wanted to beat the Chiefs up and let them know that they are, if not equal, a team that is on the rise uh, to take what they have had in terms of success, obviously winning back-to-back AFC championships. And so as we move to week six and this interesting stretch in the season that starts with the Washington football team, the Chiefs have half – you are so right, Jay. They have to go back into this urgency, this desire to not rest on what they've already accomplished, but all these guys, whether they – whether they're core players like Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, or all these new guys, you know, Jaron Reed, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, we'll get Jaron Reed in a minute, but that's uh, Willie Gay. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Bolton, you know, Orlando Brown. All these guys are going to have to come together and say, we need to prove it to ourselves and build something that is consistent and know who you are and and, and really play to your strengths um, because they can't go off of what they've done in previous years because, as you mentioned, teams are smart. They are sophisticated. They want to understand how in the world can we make things hard. And so now the Chiefs need to turn the tables and understand what makes them most successful, both on offense and defense, which we're going to get into later tonight, and just – be willing to go up that hill the way you did in 2019. Well, you mentioned the, the penalties and with the NFL, and they, they should have known better with that break. They, they get 17 penalties between the two teams. So keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. The Bills came into the game 29th in penalties. Chiefs were 28th in penalties. They were not penalized teams. Yes. But yet, and here's where I could see maybe the doubt starting creeping in. I'll get your opinion on this. When it was 31 to 20, Rashad Fenton gets the interception. Oh. The roughing the passer call yes. on Frank Clark. Listen, we can talk about calls changing the game because they usually come down to a call changing the game. I have a feeling, though, that was a mind kind of block for the Bills because if Mahomes gets the ball there and they get the momentum in the turnover and he brings them down to four points, I can't exactly say what's going through the Bills' mind other than are we going to find a way to lose to Mahomes <laughs> once again? Because as bad as they played, as bad as they played, yes, that could have put them right there within a possession. Yeah, and the weird thing about it is, and the ripple effect that these plays have in certain games is, that's not roughing the passer. 
you can legally hit the quarterback. If I'm the NFL, what do you do with Jeffers? We need eyeballs. We have an hour delay for lightning. Go, we need people to watch. Mahomes people need back. to watch a comeback. Let's go. Attempt. Conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat. Let's go. <laughs> it's not. It's not pass interference. It I wasn't. mean. Well, Morse got job two on his holding, so they, yes. it, it, it evened out a little bit. So it does even out, but for fun's sake, if that interception does happen. And start tightening up a little bit. And Mahomes leads him down the field. And the and the weird thing is, for the Chiefs' offense is, it wasn't like they didn't move the ball. Yeah. They moved the ball, and then they turned it over. So if the Chiefs move the ball and score a touchdown, and all of a sudden it's 27-31, I would love to see how Josh Allen performs in such an environment with the crowd back into it. to see it. Not a full capacity. Um, but look, give Josh Allen credit. He saw the weaknesses in the Chiefs defense. He exploited them yeah. over and over again. And even when the Chiefs defense, I thought, met the intensity towards the second half of that game, um, he just made an incredible play. I mean, Legereus Sneed, I don't, I don't know what you do. He's bigger than you, so you're supposed to – Hit him low and try to wrap him up, and then he hurls you. And it's they're, just they're, like, well, well, well. That's how the night is gonna go. No offense to Chargers, this, the, be, the best team in the AFC beat the Chiefs last night. In Correct. my opinion, the Bills, the most complete, it, the most complete team yeah, through five games. The Chargers defense bad. The run defense last yes. in the NFL, they gave five hundred yards to Browns. They gave four seventy seven and thirty three first downs to Chiefs. I want you to hear Joey Bosa here and try to put this into the Buffalo Bills mindset. Take yourself back there where Rashad Fitton should have got the interception. Mm -hmm. There's no roughing the passer. Think about this. We, we just sh showed resilience, and I think until we keep doing it, which we have these last two weeks, I think everybody's going to start believing it, and I think we do now. So just having that confidence where, I mean, in years past, you come in at half with a lead, I'm like, oh, God, what are we going to do this time to screw this <laughs> up? And it's, I'm so So let's do we both to talk about the confidence that Brendan Staley's getting. And the reason I say this is, that was a confidence game because if the Chiefs do come within four, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that starts – because Bosa's right there being honest. I mean, he was real honest because he threw Derek Carr in the bus. He, <laughs> like, Bosa, like Bosa might be the guy to listen to because I'm like, okay, I kind of like what Bosa's saying. Yes. So he comes in and says, we had that doubt. How are we going to lose this game? Even with the lead, how are we going to lose this game? That's what I thought the doubt – the Chiefs had an opportunity to create doubt with those Buffalo Bills. How do we beat this team? Yes. And it slipped by him. And now they got that confidence they can beat Kansas City. Correct. And that's why the Chiefs lost something more than just the game last night. I think they lost a little bit of their mystique, a little bit of their, you know, psychological advantage that you're hinting at, Jay. To Bose's point, um, you need positive reinforcement, especially when you're trying to do something that you haven't done before. And so in the Bills case, uh, we got smoked at home on a Tuesday night, on a random Tuesday night in the <laughs> NFL COVID pandemic season. Uh, and then, hey, on an even playing field in the AFC Championship game, when we were up 9 nothing, as you point out, Jay, things started to turn, and it it was a cascade of, yeah. whoa, we got we got smoked. Well, the Browns the play like that, too. They had this lead at halftime and everything mm -hmm. else. Then, then you drop a punt. Then they started putting into the rough. Yes, you know, they, they, they started to choke. And so the Chiefs, in some ways, are in their own mental jail cell, too, because one of the things that I wonder when I rewatch the game is what happens if Byron Pringle doesn't fumble the kickoff return? Because sometimes, and I tend to 
agree with players because there's the one on there. They are the ones on the field. They know how the ebbs and flows of an NFL game and season work. Turnovers come in bunches. I, I tend to agree with players when they say that. And so mentally, even though that turnover did not actually lead to points because it was yep. the one mistake Josh Allen made, which was the intentional grounding penalty, mm-hmm. he put them out of the out of the field goal range. But now all of a sudden it's oh we can't we we're, we're turning the ball over again. Oh, we're not we're not off to this fast start that we usually have. Uh even though it's under the lights in prime time, now Tyreek Hill's making a mistake. Then Patrick Mahomes makes a mistake. Then even in garbage time, Patrick Mahomes doesn't understand that the that the ball's coming from Creed Humphrey and he botches the snap. So um this game is so mental. And the Chiefs need to have a breakthrough similar to what the Bills had. Hey, even though okay, even though Yeah. Okay, it's not it's not an interception. <laughs> and guess what Josh Allen did? Took the opportunity and let them right down the field for what essentially was a game ending touchdown. Like once that touchdown occurs, we don't we don't need to play the rest <laughs> of the game. So for the Chiefs, um, whether it starts with Washington or as the season goes along, um, if they have a turnover. They need to respond the way they did against the Eagles, not how they did last night against the Bills or against the Chargers, where it sort of compounds the issue. And I think that's what Andy Reid is trying to get the guys to understand. But this game is mental. And to Bosa's point, Jay, well, how are we going to do the screw this up? Don't think yep. like that. It, it, how it we gonna, the mindset. That was gone. Don't so think like that. Yeah. How are we going to figure out a way to – respond accordingly and that's up to again the leaders in the locker room Patrick Mahomes Tyron Matthew and the like all right Nate Taylor at by Nate Taylor on Twitter we'll get to a great story he had on Patrick Mahomes that's finally that finally hit the shelf so we'll get to that plus the injuries we haven't done the injuries and we'll look at the Chiefs defense next you're listening to the Nate Taylor show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 sports radio and welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. Check out at by Nate Taylor. Great piece on the homes you just put out. Thank you, sir. It's uh, it's me, Jason Jinx, Russ and Dodd, some Kansas City guys from the Athletic who uh, wrote a fun, you know, fascinating 15, you know, sort of inside never before never before told stories about Patrick Mahomes and his competitive spirit. There's stories about cornhole. There's stories about. Uh, you know, charades and, and, and just all the, or excuse me, categories. And you look, you know, uh, some of his friends say that he is a master at ping pong. So uh, <laughs> as much as you feel like you know about Patrick Mahomes, there's always more uh, that we can share about just who he is as a person and obviously what leads to success both on the field and off. Um, but, yeah, just a great, a great feature story to sort of write on and, and collaborate with. For a couple months and talking to several players, you know, I think I told you, Jay, that I talked to Dustin Colquitt, and uh, he he shared the story about how much uh, Patrick Mahomes enjoys watching cornhole. So if you're excellent at anything in a competitive manner, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes wants to marvel at it and, and sort of take a piece of it uh, and add to himself. Yeah, the ultimate competitor is always competitive no matter what. All right, the injuries, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, MCL sprain, looking like a couple weeks for him. Yes. We don't know. I mean, these things are... Yeah, it could it could be two to three is what I was told. And Tooney, uh, with the wrist, he got it wrapped up right on. I mean, he still played. He still played through it. So every snap. So will he play again? The Lightman 
that are willing to tape themselves up probably will play. But I don't know. They do have depth at that position. So I don't know. What are you thinking on Tooney and we'll, we'll and learn. Clyde? Well, Gore, is this his opportunity to come up from the practice squad? Correct. Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways with Clyde, what the Chiefs will have to determine in the next few days is will he be on the short-term IR, which is a three-week minimum, yeah. um, and then that will obviously mean that the Chiefs are going to have to use Jared McKinnon more. Uh, I, I thought Darrell Williams played well at times in last night's game, uh, but you're going to see a, a bigger portion of him. And for the most part, with Joe Tooney, the thing that's so surprising here is, one, he didn't miss a snap, even though he has a fractured hand. Um, and what I was told earlier today, and I put this out on Twitter, is he may still play because he's never missed a game in his NFL career, Jay. I mean, it's one of the more um, – gutty, remarkable, and really just consistent players. Like, how many times have Chiefs fans really had to be like, oh, no, what did Joe Tootie do? You know, outside of, like, one random holding penalty. So um, he could still play. It would be quite the news if he doesn't go against Washington because, again, he's never missed a game regular season or postseason in his career. And in terms of depth, yeah, one question to ask Andy this week is, how is the progress of Kyle Long? Because we're getting towards the end of the pup, which is following Sunday's game against Washington. The name we've forgotten. Yes, Kyle Long, who retired but is back um, and had an injury right before training camp started, essentially, with, with the knee. Um, you do have Laurent Duvede-Tardif. You do have Nick Allegretti. Andrew Wiley has some tackle and guard flexibility, if you want. Um I'm not sure who they would necessarily go with. Maybe Laurent Duvede Tardif just because and he has Blythe the most experience. Too, he's in there, yeah, yeah. Blythe could play center and guard oh, yeah. if you needed to. So they have options. Um, but one of the things that I, I know Andy would probably want to get squared away by Thursday's practice is, okay, if Tootie can play, how much can he do? Do we need to sort of back him off to get him as physically ready for Sunday, even though my assumption is, is that that fractured hand is going to have to heal naturally over time? Uh, similar to what Laurent Duvede-Tardif had in training camp, or does he need to be down a couple weeks just to make sure that it doesn't get worse and then you bring up somebody like Laurent Duvede-Tardif or Nick Allegretti to the starting lineup? All right, well, the defense had their issues. Sorensen, well-documented, missed a couple plays deep. Tyron Matthew looked frustrated at times. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a run play that I saw with Josh Allen. He should have stayed home and, and got that responsibility. But people were talking about it. We saw Willie Gay's return to the Chiefs, and there was the honey badger after the game. Well, you know, guys stay up late. Coaches stay up late. Um, <laughs> these these guys coming out of the stadium, and all they want to do is win. And so uh, I, I say that to say it's a, it's a certain urgency you have to have, you know, when you play for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, knowing that, you know, everybody in this league, they want what we have. You know, the Mahomes and, and just the kills and the, just every all the success we've had, teams are chasing that, you know, that, that, that glory. So, um, I mean, each and every week, we're going to Washington next week. <laughs> and they're going to be – they're going to want to beat us, you know. So, uh, every game is important here on out. So, he talks about everybody giving their best shot. Is mm -hmm. like Everybody's playing the Chiefs. It means something to beat them. Um Obviously, the defense historical pace, giving up, giving up yards. Well, it was some uh, BK that uh, tweeted out earlier yes. that uh, basically they're making every offense look like the Rams no, uh, no, or the, the Patriots. Oh seven, from Patriots. 07. Yeah, yeah, the undefeated team that yes. ended up losing the spag <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But historic offense and the Chiefs' defense doing this pace. 
Hey, Frank Clark came back. Charverius Ward did not play. Chris Jones did not play. Willie Gay returned. Um, about half the snap count for Willie Gay. In your opinion, Nate, does Ward and Jones make a difference? What do they do to stop the historical? They were giving up 30 yards per reception in the first half. It ended up being 21 yards per reception. I mean, it is it is flabbergasting how bad they are on defense. Um, you know, another stat that was uh, was mentioned last night is they have given up 29 or more points yep. in five straight games to start the NFL season. You know how hard that is to do? Oh, by the way, they don't get turnovers. So by surrendering 29 or more in five straight games to start a season, that is the longest such stretch in NFL history. If they, if the Washington football this team. This league's been around a while. You know, over 100 and, 101 years. You know, it's just, just a thing. You know, offense innovation, league, league rules, favoring offense. Again, if the Washington football team scores 29 or more, which is definitely a possibility, um, they will be the only defense in NFL history to start a season this poorly. Again, not even the 2018 Chiefs did this. So um, one of the things that I'm really going to have to work on and I hope provide answers for the, you know, in one of my articles for The Athletic this week is to kind of answer your question, Jay. A, they need everybody healthy, um, which start sending your prayers now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> B, they need to get some turnovers. Tyron Matthew was like, when do we get a turn? Like, when the player has to ask the reporters, when, when do we get a, when, when's the last time we got a turnover? Uh, it, Tyron, it was you. Week two. Yeah, minus seven now, 11 in four straight games. Yeah, I, ain't, yeah, I haven't gotten a turnover in three, minus straight, seven. In three straight games. Yeah. To help your offense, right? You you know, yes, has the offense put you in some bad spots? Sure. But, you know, you could you could do your part, too. Um, they need to get better at tackling. I'm probably stating the obvious, Jay. Dan Sorensen played every snap of last night's game. I don't know how you can continue to do that and think you have a serviceable defense. It's unfortunate because um, Dan Sorensen was not the best player on the defense, but he was someone who would make clutch plays and who could provide flexibility. And hey, he could come down and play a you know basically a hybrid linebacker position. Uh, he could make coverages hard to read because three safeties on the field means they could all do something very differently at the snap of the ball. Um, but look, the Bills picked on him. Uh, he gave up a ton of yards, a 61-yard reception to Stephon Diggs on a on a double route. He gave up the 53-yard touchdown to Dawson Knox. Uh, they should probably play Juan Thornhill more just to see if he is a better player right now or a more consistent player in terms of not giving up the big yardage as Dan Sorensen and there were some there were some brief moments of Willie Gay showing his talent in his limited role. Um, you hope his role expands. You hope he becomes a more you know playing the majority of the snaps, being a at least a two, maybe a three down linebacker in, in certain situations. So they need about eight things to happen to be serviceable. Not good. Yeah, just serviceable. just serviceable. And you need about five of them to happen. Sunday against Washington if you don't want to give up 29 or more points. And the Dawson Knox touchdown on Sorensen, the, the blown coverage that he had, the miscommunication. Andy Reid was asked about after the game, and he said, hey, I need to go watch the film, see exactly what happened. Well, he was asked today, now that he's watched the film, this is 
Andy Reid on Sorensen, that misplay with uh, Dawson Knox. He ran a corner route, and then he kind of turned it back up into a swing route. And um, as a quarterback moved, and and he dropped him there. So he can't do that. He had his eyes in the backfield and, and lost where the tight end was. So you got to make sure you got your eyes on him and, and know where he's at. So that was one of the problems there. The other problem is something you addressed with Andy Reid today. The pass rush. Where's the they're, they're blitzing? I mean, they are blitzing. They were seventh in the NFL in blitzes going to that game. Um, I feel like they actually blitzed less. Pressure percentage sixth in the NFL, but quarterback hits only 12 of them. That's been a problem, but you brought it up to Andy Reid. Andy, I'm just wondering, five games into the season, what's the biggest issue you see right now with your pass rush, particularly with your guys up front? Yeah, well, you know, the third quarter, we were able to get more pressure on the guys. I mean, they worked through it and got it done. Um, to that point, we, we probably weren't getting enough pressure on the first half. Uh, I'm saying with the front four. Um, but, again, they worked through it and, and kind of figured it out and, and got it done. We just got to do that a little bit quicker as we go. Were you satisfied with that answer? Not really. He threw Nate in there at the end. He did, and I appreciate it, Andy. Andy knows what I'm getting at, and so uh, it's not good enough. Um, and sometimes you ask a question and you hope for a, a more specific answer. One of the things that I'm wondering from my vantage point, and, you know, does Andy see the same thing or is it slightly different because, you know, he's the coach. He he knows more information than I do. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Um, is it, you know – is it technique related? Is it a tenacity and a, and a want to? Um, is it something that teams have sort of figured it out that can they slide protection in one way and it takes away your best pass rusher that day? Um, is it because you guys aren't healthy up front, which is the case? Um, and so Andy addressed the idea that, no, they aren't getting consistent pressure up front, which is four pass rushers. That is true. Um but it, it's it's something where it's a combination, and I know Andy is probably trying his best to figure that out alongside, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator. But my question to you, Jay, based on that is, I don't know who the Chiefs' best four pass rushers are this season. Do you know who the best four is? Based on five games where guys have been in and out all season. Well, I can give you the top three real quick. Jones. Mm-hmm. Mike Dana. Yes, based on production so far. Production. Where he was drafted, he does have a motor, mm-hmm. and the nickel blitz with Ladarius Sneath, and it's not something I wanted to say. Wow! But it did yield it, some kind of results yeah. last year, and yeah. it may be something they have to start working in a little more nickel blitz because they had five straight games last year mm-hmm. with the nickel sack. In the Badger, is only since he's been in the league is more quarterback pressures from a defensive back situation. We come back though. This is Nate Taylor show. We come back, Nate. Defense didn't make three stops. They didn't get the turnover that was overturned with the officials. But the offense, Mahomes commented about maybe not being on the same page, the wide receivers and the quarterback. We'll address that part next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just we see different we're seeing different defenses that we have seen in the past. Um, trying to read, we we have a lot of stuff where we read coverages and, and run routes to, to different spots, and we're just not on that same page. Um, but uh, I have to trust in these guys that we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, that's me knowing what they're thinking, me and them knowing what I'm thinking, um, and that's what makes our offense so good. So uh, something I don't want to lose. It's just about us practicing, going to work every single day, and and kind of being on that same page. And it's the one thing about the offense. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Nate, one of the things here. This offense was on a historical pace before you. The offense has not been a problem. The defense, give them credit that lightning delay helped them. They make three stops. <laughs> lightning delay helps Chiefs defense. Yeah, the only thing that could stop the Bills was, was yeah, some lightning, lightning, yes. But teams, the Bills did a lot of the same stuff they did last year. There wasn't a lot of big change, seismic change. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of the people in Buffalo were a little bit surprised because they ran a lot of the same, you know, deep safeties against the Chiefs Correct. that they did last season. But are you a little bit surprised, you know, we got on the same page or not. It's basically the same, you know, cast of characters. It is. You had to go to two straight Super Bowls. Yeah, it is. I mean, minus, you know, Josh Gordon making his Chiefs and season debut. Which I really like him, but we'll see. Everybody's everybody's back. I mean, um, I think the Bills did a great job with Travis Kelsey and sort of matching their zones to where they he and, and Hill had 30 catches for 375 and four scores last year. They had to do something. They ha- they had to. And um you know, the Bills, I wouldn't say have a great secondary, but they have a very good secondary of guys all knowing their roles, matching their responsibilities, and sort of seeing what the quarterback has done. And look, there's there's nothing better than experience, right? Getting two games against this offense last year, I think really prepared the Bills in a way to be like, okay, we know their speed. We know how they operate in certain formations and down in distances. Um Let's not give up the big play, which is the number one thing when you face the Chiefs offense, and let's see if they sort of uh, short circuit, and the Chiefs did at times. But for Mahomes to say that what I'm reading in terms of coverages is different, I think that leads to the idea of not only are they playing deep with the two-safety look to try to prevent Tyreek Hill or McCole Harmon from beating them deep, but it's also the idea of man concepts with zone principles behind it to where – the the guys in the secondary, and again, the blitz, the, the Bills never blitzed, which, again, one of a multitude of things you must do to counteract the Chiefs' offense. Don't blitz because that creates wider throwing windows for Patrick Mahomes. With, their, with seven guys working together on the back end, it should lead to tighter throws and a little bit of miscommunication because if Travis thinks that guy's covering me man, but then he passes me off, to somebody in a five-yard window, then maybe Mahomes is thinking he's seeing something that's different than what the Chiefs are operating against. So um, one thing I would say the Chiefs will do if they see similar coverages in the future is they'll do a lot more misdirection plays where you show one thing and you go the opposite way. I think the screen game could have worked a little bit better at times last night, and they're going to have to do a little bit more sort of play-action passing to sort of get the defense to come up, and then maybe you throw behind it. But give the Bills credit. They used all the experience, and they weren't surprised by anything in terms of speed and Mahomes' arm talent. Um, and so for the Chiefs, a lot of this is how do you get better? How do you incorporate someone like Josh Gordon a little bit more so that you can beat that two-deep zone? Yeah, they're going to see everything. By the time the end, they're going to see everything that everybody's thrown against them. There's only limited things you can do in the NFL. And they'll, Correct. They'll have seen, you know, you used the word aura earlier. He was on with Carrington Harrison. He comes on every Monday uh, with the drive. And this is something he said with Carrington earlier about how do you get your aura back? 
think it's going to come with the, the way we work, man. I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, we have to get better. Um, we, we haven't played the, the way we wanted to play really all five weeks of the season. Um, and so we, we have to find a way to get better. And that starts at practice, starts in the film room. And then I think the leaders are stepping up and kind of setting that example and setting that tone. Um, and so it's going to, it's going to be a challenge, man. We're facing adversity at, at the end of the day. And so uh, it's going to be how we respond, how we get back at it. And there's still a lot of, a lot of season left and we got to find a way to get it right back on track uh, as quickly as we can. Nate, this kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, that was on the drive, the full interview, 610sports.com with Carrington and uh, Rob on the drive. Your experience writing that story about Mahomes, his makeup, the competitive spirit, you did some detailed work going back to high school and everything else mm-hmm. with Mahomes. What part of his character would say, not worried about this, his aura is too strong to get back to where he was, the competitive spirit within him, would you learn about him doing that piece that can be applied maybe to him going forward? Yeah, the, the clearest example is this guy – is so competitive that he will find whatever the advantage is. And so I think that is what you can rest assured if you're a Chiefs fan. Yes, they're going to see a lot of different coverages. He will store that away. One of the things that's fascinating about Patrick Patrick Mahomes' brain is he does not forget things. So if you show him one thing, yeah. he will take it, understand it. Little things on TV and everything. Yes. Hear. I mean, it does. It, it, you know, there are conversations that me and Patrick and I have had, and he can reference them very quickly. Hmm. There are times where he says, oh, I saw this player do that in 2018, and now I know what this means. Hmm. A lot of the blitzes that the Ravens showed him in 2018 did not work in 2019 because he had, he had stored that information and used it to his advantage. So I think he will search for whatever is necessary. And he was such a good vocal leader in the 2019 run the way he would talk to guys in the locker room, on the sidelines, I think that that is something that's going to have to sort of um, be a benchmark, a watershed moment for this team. How much can Patrick raise the performance of everybody around him while he sort of cuts down the turnovers, while he understands when he needs to be aggressive, when he doesn't? But this guy is too competitive, I believe, to sort of see any sort of regression or – a season where it's so up or down. Um, he understands it's better to have these trials and tribulations now because it can serve him and he will have examples and he will be vocal about how to persevere because we've seen him do it so many times before. It's good stuff. I'm waiting for the Michael Burton story uh, that you guys have yet to put out. <laughs> well, coming up next, this is your chance to ask Nate Taylor a question. Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913 576 Seven six ten. We'll take a look at the Washington football team, the Chiefs' next opponents. So you can ask Nate your question as well. Plus, we'll look at uh, something we've been doing every week: the Mackley Hill Award, Chiefs Rookie of the Year, who stands now at the top of the list. We do that next. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Bingley with Nate Taylor at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. Nate, a uh, question comes in here from the 816. Yes, sir. Do you honestly expect this team to still be a threat throughout the postseason with this defense? Can they rectify this defense and how would they do it? It can't get worse, right? 
I mean, it literally can't. It can't get worse. So, I mean. There's only one way to go. I, I tend to try to be an optimistic person. So, sure, they, they can be a legitimate threat if Patrick Mahomes and this offense, A, stop turning the ball over, and B, if this defense just becomes, again, serviceable. <laughs> like, they have, they have three weeks, I think, to really prove themselves that they are not one of the all-time, all-time dreadful defenses. Washington is playing with a backup quarterback, Tyler Heineke. Uh, Tennessee has been sputtering on offense. Bad defense. They got a bad defense. Uh, who knows who will be the New York Giants quarterback on Monday, November 1st, on Monday Night Football, of course. The Chiefs need to come out of this next three-game stretch 3-0. and They need to beat Washington. They need to beat Tennessee for tie-breaking purposes especially. And, look, New York is not a good football team. Uh, the Chiefs should have a winning record before the lofty Green Bay Packers come to town on November 7th. Here's a question from me. All right, take Mahomes out of the equation. You got Justin Herbert or Josh Allen. You've seen them both up close and personal. You've covered these games. Which one are you taking? Who's the who's the, am, who's the best of that? I bunch? am football falling in love with Justin Herbert. Some of these look, and I've seen the throws of all throws, okay, with Patrick Mahomes, of course, but some of the throws that Justin Herbert makes are just they're just incredible. Uh I think their offense is very versatile, which is important, of course. Um, but look, I I think both quarterbacks are excellent. Um, it should make the next five, six, seven years of the NFL so fun because these guys are going to continue to battle Patrick Mahomes for, hey, that shot at being in the Super Bowl, right? The Ben Roethlisberger will eventually retire. Who's to say what will happen with Derek Carr? There's not that many old guard quarterbacks left in the AFC specifically. Um, so I'm going to take Herbert right now. Um, but Josh Allen had a wonderful game last night, and he has the running element that Herbert doesn't have. But I just think from – a pure pocket passer, I'm going with Herbert. You know, the funny thing is, we have these conversations. We don't bring up the former MVP, Lamar Jackson. Like, he wants oh, to have yeah, a state. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Lamar's excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw Stephen A. and Tebow have this argument the other day. <laughs> and Tebow is making the example of, well, you don't have to be in the same division. Because Stephen A. is talking about Herbert and Mahomes going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And Tebow's like, well, you know, Manning and Brady weren't in the same division, but it made it interesting. Correct. Bottom line, the NFC is really searching for this. The AFC seems to have it at this point. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be Mahomes' biggest nemesis? It will it be Herbert because he's the same division? <sighs> yeah, especially because I think that that coaching staff with Brendan Staley is starting to figure out some things. What happens if... You know, it might be a race in the AFC. Who could find a above-average defense first to have a clear chance of hosting a home playoff game at least in January? I, I would say Herbert for right now uh, because he's going to get better. I don't think we know the ceiling on Justin Herbert just yet. I mean, it's it's still relatively early. I don't know if Josh Allen will ever have a better year than he had last year. Um, will he perform better in the postseason that's sort of his big question mark but yeah I, I say because look it's much easier to get to the Super Bowl having home playoff games so if Herbert continues to make this rivalry uh, a legitimate one where both teams are splitting their two-game series every year um, then yeah the the, the Chargers are going to be a team that you're going to have to deal with year after year uh, with Mahomes and Herbert battling one another
And the one thing about it is, you look at this division, people are really building that up. The Mahomes, Herbert. A lot of people are taking Herbert. I mean, it's funny. You know, no no Super Bowls, no MVPs, but right. that seems to be. <laughs> like we forget how good Patrick Mahomes really still leads the NFL Yes, in, in touchdown throws. It's going to be fun uh, to see as we go forward. All right, Nate, uh, we do this every week. The Mackley Hill is the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. Last year, Clyde wins it with Jerry Sneed. We do this just for fun. Uh, Nate and I really aren't, like, putting it on the wall, who's winning the Mackley Hill. But it is fun. And this team does have some rookies involved in it with Creed Humphrey. Yes, Trey Smith. Yang's not considered a rookie. Trey Smith is obviously starting to gain a lot of attention Mm -hmm. um, through NFL circles about being the steal of the draft. Yeah. Um, And then there's Nick Bolton. That is is having to play a a big role right now in this defense. Um, I I still – it's going to be hard for me to not get off the Creed Humphrey bandwagon. That's where you were last week, and that was Trey Smith. Because there were some blocks in last night's game where Creed Humphrey was just not not. I mean, sir, that's that is professionally unprofessional <laughs> until the snap of the whistle. He hasn't given up many pressures. You know, the the, the turnover in the late fourth quarter that was more of Mahomes. Um, I think than Creed Humphrey. Mahomes sort of mentioned that, but I just think Creed Humphrey has done a great job run blocking. Um, he's so stout when he comes to protecting Mahomes. And look, it's it's still early in the season. I think Trey Smith has a chance to sort of chase him down, but it appears that the two best draft picks so far from the Chiefs in this year are their offensive linemen. And it's the one thing that they've gotten right from a big picture standpoint. It's just as you get this offensive line right, we start to see other issues, most notably on defense. Yeah, defense are really going to dress. I love what the Bills did with the Rousseau. And with Boogie Basham. I really like Boogie Basham. We'll see what he ends up doing. Rousseau was great last night. All right, real quick, Nate. Uh, Washington football team coming up this week. Obviously, Taylor Heineke, the quarterback. Much different defense. They're at the bottom of well, the, the, that, the bottom third of pass yes. defense, rush defense. Last year, they were number two. They were. They are one of the surprises as well on the defensive side of, hey, someone we thought was going to be, again, a year-over-year great defense. Chase Young is obviously someone to keep track of. But they have been surprisingly bad as well. Um, and I think teams are starting to understand they can throw the ball deep because their pass rush is not getting home as well. So I'm fascinated into knowing how the how are the Washington team going to attack Mahomes? Are they going to be aggressive? Are they going to take principles of what some of these teams have done previously to the Chiefs? But I think what's wrong with Washington so far is they don't have a ton of pass catchers that are consistent. The crazy thing about the Bills last night was Dawson Knox. Yeah. You can count on him. Stephon Diggs, you can count on him. They got Emmanuel Sanders, one of the more underrated pickups in the offseason. He scored two touchdowns. So do the Washington football team have enough firepower to go shot for shot with the Chiefs? I don't believe so, but we shall see. Nate, it's been a lot of fun. And I encourage people to go check out your uh, final. What was your article today about being dominated? or The bully got the bullied. bully got bullied. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And later on this week. How do we fix the Chiefs defense? I will I will do my best to investigate. Is that a long article? Yeah. It may take a while, Jay. I gotta I gotta scour and fire these things. If I have to do this, just think about Steve Spagnolo at night. Oh man, I can't believe it. check out the podcast. We'll put the podcast out later. Big thanks, Nick Price, as always. Great job producing the operation. You've had these takes bottled up. And you get a whole hour here with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. <laughs> Called Red Reaction. The water cooler, if it still exists. That's the talk next, but give Dustman and Nick a call 
coming up next. The Red Reaction Show with Dusty Likens. Nate Taylor and I will talk about that Washington game next week and look ahead for the Kansas City Chiefs. Good night.